Welcome to the Behind the Bra podcast, brought to you by Barbells for Boobs, where we are redefining the standard of breast health care and improving quality of life after diagnosis. Thank you for tuning in today. We have a very special um, edition. This one for Barbells for Boobs is the Pink on Pride with our guest, Melissa Barreras. Did I say it right? Yes. So close. So close. Good enough. Um, we have a script that they're trying to make us stick to. Probably not going to. Um, so our conversation today is going to be about uh, what it is like being a part of the LGBTQ plus community with a diagnosis of breast cancer, which probably means we're just going to talk about sex. So I'm down. We're down. Um, do you need to go pee? Probably in like five minutes. <laughs> so, Probably about every 10 minutes. So just um, hold on tight with us as we explore a conversation that probably hasn't been had, um, probably not out there, talking about a breast cancer diagnosis with a female partner, specifically, obviously, Melissa is a female, and she, um, we'll, we'll, we'll let her tell you what she is. <laughs> I don't know what she is. <laughs> But I think that um, I, I say that this conversation is probably going to be more about sex because I interpret my interpretation of a sexual partner. And when we talk about pride and we talk about um, we have a, a right to love whoever we want, I think the immediate thought that goes on in people's mind is that you have sex with somebody that is not normal, right? Like the normal thing that we've always talked about, man and woman get married, have kids, do all these things and they're sexual partners. You don't do that. That's so you're different. You're, you're not following a norm. And that's why I think that this conversation today is going to be about sex because I think that that's what goes on in people in the back of people's minds, right? When you hear pride, it's like, so you don't have sex with what normal is or whatever that is for everybody. Um, And so I really want to articulate that message that there's going to be a lot of sex talk here. So if you're not ready for that, or if the kids are in the car, um, please just be aware that this is going to be about sex. Um, and also, I also think that breast cancer is a very sexual diagnosis. It's Absolutely. because it's it, it, because our breasts are part of our sexual being. Um, and so let's talk about sex. All right. Let's do it. <laughs> All right. So I want to kind of framework this into the way that we work with women after a breast cancer diagnosis, which is really bringing the mind, body, soul back together into one nice circle. Um, and so I kind of want to talk through if you haven't already, uh, Melissa's shared her breast cancer story with this podcast specifically. So if you want to go back to our archives, she was one of the originals, uh, maybe episode three. She was there. She's got a great story. So if you want to go back and get some um, history on her story, please do so. That's not what we're here to talk about today. You will learn all about her glowing boobs. Um, and she does tap into some of uh, some of her situation at the time with her partner at that time. Um, so if you're interested in that, please go back to that. But today I want to talk about mentally. So let's start with the mind. When you got your breast cancer diagnosis, just give the audience a little sneak peek. How old were you? I was 34. 34. And at that time, when, how long had it been that you were sexually with women? Uh, it was 14 years since, yeah. So about 20 years old, you, was That's that like when, when I you, came out? You came out. So when did you know that you were sexually, like, tell me what you, what is your relationship with women is, because I know that you said that you can, you could have sex with a man, but you can never see yourself with a man in a relationship or. Yes. Um, well, I knew, I didn't understand it. But I had little crushes on my friends when I was like five. So it was the same way that, you know, cash is probably going <laughs> to any, any, any person, you know, you start noticing the opposite sex kind of young. That's what I noticed and I, I didn't understand it, but I didn't I wasn't able to admit it to myself until I was about 18 and it took me about two years to actually finally come out about it 
Hmm. So um, times were different. Hopefully it's not that way anymore. Hopefully it's a lot easier now. Mm -hmm. um, <clears throat> I see that change happening. But for me, that's that's when I realized it. Um, I had a boyfriend in between there. I've only had actually one boyfriend ever. And uh, like I said, yeah, like we kind of touched on sex with a man with me. It feels good and it's fine. But it's that's all it is, you know, like it stops at sex. Yeah. There's no emotional connection. Yeah. Um, so if you're not watching the video, um, Melissa's about nine months pregnant right now. And so uh, I'm a little over nine months pregnant. <laughs> She's a little over nine months pregnant. So we'll get into that conversation because we obviously <laughs> know that a man and a woman are required in reproduction. So how, we'll talk about kind of how you got to where you're at today. But first, let's, let's get to, so you're, you're 20 years old. You, you come out. Was it hard? Like, I think that a lot of people don't come out. Was it more about your fear of what other people would think of you or like, was it a fear of disappointment or was it just, you didn't have enough confidence that that was really who you were? Uh, it was that I was afraid that I would lose certain people in my life Ooh. and the important people, they stayed. Ooh. Uh, one of the, the, people that left he wasn't in my life very long was my father and at that point I was like my mom I got my mom I got my sister I got my friends I got my brother everyone is you know accepting of me so I didn't really care because I wasn't close to him uh, other than that I was I was pleasantly surprised that my people they were more like it's about right. time, fool. <laughs> like everybody knew. We already you. knew. We're just waiting. <laughs> I think that's happens a lot, actually. But uh, that's what I was afraid of was uh, losing people. Losing people. Well, I think it's an interesting thing to to admit what love looks like to you. The like result is you might lose a loved one, and so okay. it, I think it's actually you really getting to understand even in a deeper level what love really is. Because if people really love you, they're not going to leave you yep. for who you choose to love, right? Like that should be that should be unconditional, right? Yeah. And if they leave, Adios. they're doing you a favor. Super favor. It, it might be hard to grasp that and, you know, accept it, but you only have so much room for people in, in your heart. So why keep people that don't accept you for who don't you are. accept who you are? Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's just an issue they have in themselves. I think it it's more about them on them. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I agree one hundred percent. So you go fourteen years, live in life as who you are, and yeah, you get a breast cancer diagnosis at thirty four. Yeah, were you in a you were in a relationship? Mm -hmm. Um. Talk about what that felt like to tell a woman, uh, uh, and and those of you listening, breast cancer is a is a is a female cancer. Uh, men do get it, one in a thousand men will, will get diagnosed with breast cancer because they do have breast tissue. We all have breast tissue. Um, I'd explained this to my son last night. He, I was like, they're called, he was like, I have boobies. I'm like, they're called your pecs, dude. <laughs> he's Aww. like grabbing them and he's like, okay. I wish I could have seen that. That's cute. <laughs> I was educating him on what breast cancer was. And I was like, it's when your boobs get sick. And he's like, oh, your boobs can get sick. <laughs> so, um, what is that like mentally to have to tell a woman that is there's something wrong with your breasts? Like what? Was that hard? Was it an immediate, like, I'm going to call her right away? Um, what was going on in your mind when you got your diagnosis as it pertains to your partner? Uh, she and I were already kind of on the outs. So uh, when I told her, she, I was more worried about telling my friends and family. Mm. Um, so that that was actually hard. I told them first. I, I got a couple of my good friends and my my mom, I went to my mom's house. We all met there and uh, 
you know, I, I told them that that was super hard, mm. just not knowing what was in front of me. Um, but when I told my uh, girlfriend at the time, she didn't really, she, she was already, we were already pretty much out of it. So, um, that was, that was just a interesting thing all in itself, but uh, I was afraid just in general of not wanting to hug people and mm-hmm. uh, not, you know, after I had my breast removed, I wasn't sure how I was going to feel hugging people or, or being around um, just, I, one fun fact about me <laughs> now that I have, I'm going to have a baby. I, I can't do it for much longer, but I am most comfortable at home when I don't have a shirt on. Mm. And so I was, I was wondering if I would still have that same comfort level with my body. Um, that was more. When you're, when you, are you going to breastfeed? Uh, I had them both removed. So I, I, I'm not like, you're not able to. Yeah. Do you hear that people? Do you like, she cannot, she doesn't have the choice to breastfeed. Like that's just, um, that's crazy to me. Um, I was going to say, um, you'll have it off if you're breastfeeding. <laughs> like every 20 minutes you need them out. And, um, I'm sorry you don't get to experience that. Yes. But one thing I, I'm glad that you brought that up. One thing I would like to add is that there are Facebook communities that, uh, I was actually able to find a donor. I have a breast cancer. Uh, I have a, I just shared my story and, um, there's a, a lady, uh, her name is Jessica, but she, she provides lots of milk apparently. And so we call her Jessica now <laughs> and she's gonna, she's gonna feed my son, Rogan. Ah. Yeah. She's going to feed him. She's already feeding another child baby that was a preemie. So I'm going to have tons of breast milk. So the, it's called a. Human Milk for Human Babies, I believe, on Facebook. There's that one, and then there's uh, Eats on Feats. So those are two important things that I found by accident, pretty much. Wow, that's amazing. Yeah, um, I'm glad you brought that up. Yeah, big ups to Jessica. Is it Jessica? Jessica. Jessica. Big ups to Jessica. Wow, that's incredible. I could barely squeeze out enough for my own child. <laughs> Dude, she actually got, uh, she was in the newspaper because she's given over 18,000 ounces. She, she's donated over 18,000 ounces. So all I do is I provide her with bags, the nipple cream and the pads. And and that's it. Yeah. Wow. And she Incredible. gives the amazing gift of breast, breast, breast milk, milk when I can't. Oh, Ooh, I got a little, but anyway, that's, that's off the subject. But oh, I no, that's, that's exciting. Something... I think that's so on the subject. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, you and your partner are about to break up. Yeah. Um, I, were you the type of couple that even though you were breaking up, did you still have sex? That was probably the only thing that kept us <laughs> together. <laughs> so after your diagnosis, did that change? You know what? I don't I don't even remember. I think sex was like the last thing on my mind. Mm-hmm. But while I was going through uh I ended up having a couple surgeries and right away, like right after your diagnosis? No, there was actually a year in between. Okay. So I had one I had um just the left breast removed and then so to not have to have radiation I had the the second breast removed about 14 months later. But in between there, uh, I was single and I I had sex. Uh, it was it was not a problem um, when I was dating. It was mm. not an it, <clears throat> it was not an issue with me. I was pleasantly surprised. And I, I would think <clears throat> being a woman. That. Do breasts represent something more or different sexually? I mean, please, and 
inform my naive self <laughs> on, on the equality of breasts when it comes to having sex with a woman. <laughs> well, I think part of the allure of sex with another woman is the body. Right. Of course. Well, because women are just women. beautiful. Women are beautiful. I'm sorry. If you're a woman Penises and you cannot really say pretty. that, you are a hater. <laughs> women are beautiful. Women are very beautiful. Um, so, yeah, but the softness of the boobs, mm -hmm. the, just the, the look. It, boobs are freaking awesome. Yeah, like, boobs are awesome. They're the best pillows ever, by the way. <laughs> you know? For the girls who are missing out on that, they're the best pillows. <laughs> so, uh, so nothing changed in your dating. Like women weren't weird. Were women more empathetic to you? Was it more of like, because um, I find that in the same in the for women that have had that have men as their partner, it's the feedback I've gotten a lot when it came to sexes or when it comes to sexes, they don't want to hurt me. Like they're yeah. afraid to hurt me. And so I can see that dynamic with a man and a woman seeing that she has scars and she's missing a part of her body that it's almost like I want to protect her and I don't want to hurt her. Yeah. Um, how was that with another woman? Um, I think it's less so with that. Um, they. I actually got a little scar tissue because the girl I'm with now, Sarah Jacqueline, she... <laughs> She loves boobs and she was a little too rough with them. And I ended up getting scar tissue to the point where I'm like, hey, hey, easy, easy. Wow. I, I know they're I know they're yours. I know they're beautiful. <laughs> but, you know, um, and that's kind of how it was in the dating world, too. Um, they, even the ones that had a, a little bit of hesitance, mm -hmm. once they realized they weren't hurting me, you know, then they were fine. But it was interesting going from one boob to, to you know, two and then getting them. The expansion. The expansion and, and everything. And the but full replacement. What's cool is I actually, I met a breastie. <clears throat> I met a breastie who I ended up, she and I were both in between surgeries. And the sex there was amazing. And it was it was very tender and awesome because she and I were accepting our bodies together. And I, that was just something super special that. Um, so she was going through treatment as well. Yeah. At the same time. Yep. How old was she? Was she, were you guys in the same age? I believe she was a year younger than okay, me. So, so she young, was 33. I was yeah. 34. Wow. Yeah, it may have been a couple of years. I may have been thirty six at the time, but yeah, I, I think I think it was thirty five and thirty four. But we were both around the same age, and we just we knew it was just fun, and and you know, kind of getting to know each other's bodies, and we had that extra special connection. So that was pretty awesome when it came to being with another female, but let alone a breastie, right? You know? Somebody that's also experienced that. Yeah. same thing and we our surgeries were like a week apart so it was it was just interesting those couple months we spent together just kind of accepting and exploring and sharing was it like once every all your guys's treatment was over then it was like what stopped you guys from being continuing to be together um we kind of went our separate ways after after the surgeries so it was like we were for the season we were was, healing there was a reason and, yeah, <laughs> there was yeah. a reason for this season. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, that was that was pretty awesome. That was something she gave me something that not another woman could give me at that time. Especially, not another man could give me, not another woman could give me, just a another survivor. So that was pretty special. Wow. Yeah. Do you still stay in contact with her? Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. Wow. Um. So you. You go through a breakup after diagnosis. You have a friend with benefits that's also going through the same experience. Um, now then, like, take us now to we kind of how long has it been since you've been what you consider cancer free? I consider, well, I guess cancer free is supposed to be like five years after, but 
<clears throat> yeah. <laughs> um, December 2016 is when I got the first breast removed, and I had DCIS, so I didn't have to do radiation or chemo. Uh, so I consider that my, you know, my remission date, date. my mm-hmm. no more cancer date. So everyone's is different. That's why I, was I can't like, do math. I didn't go to math school, <laughs> so I can't really get math like, class. Ditched. I, I don't want to like count on my fingers right now. I think that's like five years. Almost. <laughs> oh my God. I will for you. 17, 18, 19, 20, five years. You're almost in December. Day. It'll be five, five years. years. Woo. That's a big one. Holla. Holla. So, you know, you have five years. So I feel like at, at that five year mark is. I what I've experienced and what I've seen is that's that's definitely when you start feeling cancer free and that's when you kind of almost feel like I don't want to say yourself again but you kind of your confidence comes back in like who you are now and today like cuz I think that there's that time when your body is going through all those changes that it changes you and you have to kind of grow with it right and so yeah. I feel like that that five-year mark is really like where you feel kind of grown up from breast cancer. Like, oh, I grew up. I graduated, you know. Um, so where are you at now as far as your partner now, um, sexuality now? Um, <laughs> so I'm looking at your belly. I know. Where are you at now with your sex life? <laughs> it's been about a month and a half to where I don't want sex at all. But other than that, it's been... Sorry, mom. I know you're going to hear this. <laughs> That's why I gave that disclaimer in the beginning of the podcast. We're going to talk about sex. Fast forward this part, mom. <laughs> um, so for like the last month and a half, um, maybe about the eight, seven and a half, eight month mark, that's when I stopped having the desire to have sex. Uh, other than that, sex has been, I'm a very sexual person, mm-hmm. so it's it's been, you know totally good and and you're the partner you're with now how long have you guys been together um aside from the break we had where i which we'll talk about yeah where i got my little bundle of joy (laughs) baking in the oven right now um we were we've been together about two and a half years three about yeah about two and a half years i think total Again, I didn't. I didn't go to math school. Go to math Sorry, school. Jacqueline. Didn't didn't calculate that correctly. Yeah. Um, okay, so <laughs> I'm just gonna give our listeners a little sneak peek on my reaction to seeing Melissa pregnant, which I'm super <laughs> oh, grateful for. Um, so I was on Facebook, and I hadn't seen any a lot of activity from you, and I just figure it's been a an interesting year. Some people like left social media. Wasn't I knew she was on social media, but all of a sudden I, it's the first photo that pops up on my feed and it's Melissa like revealing that she's pregnant. And I'm like, wait a minute. We never talked about this. We I, I never talked to her about w- wanting children or getting pregnant or if she had a plan, because I know that when it comes to w- two women wanting children, it has to be planned out. There's got to be some strategies. There's got to be a lot of decisions that need to be made. And I was just kind of like, I don't remember having those kinds of conversations with her. I feel like when people are in that place in their life that they share that stuff and and it's a conversation. And so I was just blown away because I was like, how did this happen? Because <laughs> <laughs> last time I talked to Melissa, she had sex with women. So... Um, do you want to share? Do you want to share how this exactly happened? This is where I should probably get up and go pee. <laughs> so no, I can think can't about get this. Out of this. Oh man. Okay, so in answer to your question, <laughs> see what ha- happened was. <laughs> Don't give me this. <laughs> My girl and I were on a break. Okay. And it was quarantine. And <laughs> where we all were a little crazy. There was alcohol. Okay. And actually it was kind of planned ahead. Like I had a friend with benefit. I had a friend. I'm like, you know what? Let's add some benefits to it. And he's like, what? And I'm like, yeah, let's add he, some he, benefits. So man. Okay. Yeah. Um, I wasn't ready to start 
to put myself out there and it was weird because it was quarantine time. So I, the easiest thing, sex is easy with man. You just, you know. They're pretty simple. Yeah, they're pretty simple. So I just put it out there. He, he was single guy and he was newly single. I was newly single and I felt safe with him. He's a good friend of mine. So bada bing that it, it was uh not to be tmi but it, it was meant to happen because mm-hmm. it only actually happened a couple times and i'm 39 and i have uh something called polycystic ovary syndrome pcos where i'm it's like the first or second leading cause of infertility uh-huh. so i'm not even i wasn't even supposed to have kids <clears throat> well so apparently a miracle I, baby i got that hispanic blood in me <laughs> and since we're being completely honest I wasn't sure if I wanted to keep my baby Mm -hmm. because the situation was just kind of weird and Mm -hmm. um when I I always wanted to have kids it wasn't up until I got my diagnosis at 34 and I was um you know my ex split up with me that I was like, you know what? I have a couple years to go through this stuff. It's just not meant to be. Mm-hmm. So that's actually a beautiful thing that I had put it out of my head because of cancer. And um, fate had said, said, said otherwise. Said the- so when you tell me that you were, you were um, debating keeping the child, I think that it, that's a, such an interesting topic as well because – even just that conversation of when you came out, what was that decision to come out? And so when we think about this being a heavy topic because of the circumstance, what were you the most afraid of? Like what, because to me, I think that making that decision is such a heavy decision. Um, and so I want to, I want to open this up. And I think it's important that we talk about things that people don't want to talk about and are scared to talk about. But this is a real topic that women have to make decisions on all the time. Yeah. And so us understanding the reason why we make decisions, I feel for the most part is because of what other people think of us. Um and so like what was the heaviness to your circumstance that you were the most fearful of where you would have made a different decision than what you have this gift that you have right now. I think the main thing is that I was fearful to do it by myself. Hmm. Being a single mom, props to you single moms out there because I, my mom is a single mom of three. My sister's a single mom of three. Um, I don't know how they do it. And so I was afraid of that, but also because I am, people only know me to be with women. Mm-hmm. Part of it was, I, I must admit, Having to explain myself. Having to explain your identity. Yeah. Like re-identify yourself in a sense. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's that's totally selfish. Um, but I think it was more. I mean, I'll admit you're going to have to do some explaining to me. <laughs> I was we'll, like, we'll have Whoa. our We'll have our little bathroom <laughs> chat like we did last time. I mean, it was all out of love. <laughs> but I was like, what happened? I'm so curious. So curious. Yeah. So, uh. That, that, and you know what? So your first trimester, for anyone who's pregnant, it for me, it was only my first trimester. I had the most vivid dreams, super vivid. So I actually had a couple of terrible nightmares. And the last one being, um, I was, I was in the snow, like skiing. Mm-hmm. And there was a little hand sticking out of the snow. And that's how I knew that's how I knew it was a boy because the the little hand uh his his jacket was blue and I was trying to pull him out and I couldn't pull him out of the snow and then someone someone else came up and pulled him out of the snow and it the baby was blue and in my heart that broke my heart and I'm like I'm gonna have a little boy which turned out to be true and I I can't I need to have this little boy. Mm-hmm. Like there's no, I had no, I canceled my appointment at 
Planned Parenthood, actually. I had an appointment. Wow. Yeah. Oof. So that's uh, pretty deep. It is but. super deep. And I, and I think worth talking about because it is such a heavy topic, you know, and I think that women, um, I think a lot more women have had to be in that predicament than will admit. Yeah. Um, and so I think that it's, it's, um, it's an important conversation. Yeah. And I spent so many years yearning to have a baby and feeling, uh, you know, being bothered that I had this diagnosis of PCI, PCOS that I couldn't have a baby, that that was part of it too. Like, well, I feel like you almost had all this, the odds stacked against you, like get cancer and you also have sex with women. So it's going to like, that adds a layer yeah. of complications to that. Right. Where your planning is different to have a, a kid. It's yeah. not so easy as, as with a man. And then you also have, um, P, what is it? P PCOS, PCOS polycystic ovary OS, syndrome, which is like everything is stacked against you. And, and look yeah. at you now. Oh yeah. Look Overdue. At me now. No, when's your due date? <laughs> May 20. Today is May. My due date is May 23rd. But I was, uh, I was told that the 34 week mark when I had a, an ultrasound that he is, they, they, who knows if it's true or not. They said he looked like he was 6.9 pounds already <laughs> at, at 34 weeks. So um, the doctors kind of changed my date and they said, you might deliver closer to the 12th. Today's what, the 6th? Mm -hmm. So we're getting there. We'll see. We'll see. I'm ready. I'm not ready. Actually, I'm not ready. <laughs> she might walk out of here and go right to the hospital. Yeah, guys. right. <laughs> We'll keep you all posted. Z might have to be my breathing partner. <laughs> it's fine. It's fine. Chris is actually really great at it. So, my so you guys, he taught you how to. He taught to, me how to know. calm down. My husband was really great with, during my labor and delivery. So, I'm afraid that my girl is not going to be. She, even the sight of blood, like she gets faint if she's watching TV and there's something. So, I'm like, girl. I better not be delivering the baby and the doctors have to tend to you because you just fainted. Okay. It's not about you that day. You should have a backup plan for sure. <laughs> Get a third right. person in there. Just, just in case, just a backup plan. Yeah. Doesn't hurt. Just <laughs> be safe. <laughs> so, um, so the father, is he involved? Is like, what is that? What is that dynamic going to look like for you guys? Um, once the, what's, what's your, have you guys named him? Rogan. Rogan. His so once is Rogan, Rogan is born, yeah. Um, what's the what's the family dynamic going to be like? Uh, he he does not want to be a part of Rogan's life. <laughs> if he changes his mind, I'm not going to hold him to that. I'll, I'll gladly. Cool. I I be flexible. Think, yeah, I think it would be important for Rogan to know his dad and his. I, I think maybe the shock of, you know, because I told him I couldn't have kids. And so when it turned out I you got did, after yeah. all, he's like, WTF, you know. <laughs> so uh, A little anger in there. A little bit. Mm -hmm. A little bit of resentment. Maybe a little more than a little bit. I don't know. But, uh, yeah, so he he doesn't plan on being around. If he wants to be, I will allow it because he's a good he's a good man. And but for the most part, he's going to have two moms. We'll do another podcast in about five years <laughs> to where I can on another pink on pride. And just to talk about raising can, a child. We can talk about, you know, how he has raising a, a man with two women, <laughs> how he's totally normal. And he's he likes girls, you know, because a lot of people are probably. I've seen it happen where someone is raised with two two men or someone is raised with two two dads or two moms and then there there's this you know automatic thought like oh no he's they're gonna be gay too yeah you're gonna turn him and yeah. turn him into what but you if are. he if that's what he wants I mean that's what he wants but 
It's definitely not a recipe for it, though. Yes. <laughs> it's not like if you do this, this happens. No. It's, yeah. It's people are people are their own individual selves. Yeah. So we're excited. <laughs> we just got his his crib, his 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 room set up. He has his own little room and and uh, yeah, we're super excited to to be moms together. So. Um, I kind of wish that when Cash was in those early phases that I would have had a, a that he would have had two moms. You know, like <laughs> <laughs> we both we so all, all you moms out there understand this of like, can I get a break? Is there another breast around? Is there is there can I take a nap? Can another boob replace me? Can can someone else come in? Um so that that's probably gotta be exciting. Even though your your husband probably would have liked a couple more breasts around too, though. I mean, just plain devil's well, advocate. That's why I was kind of like, we could have a girlfriend. This, this shouldn't be a problem. Um, no, it is. It is hard in the first first four months are really hard. Uh, I'll admit that it's hard because it's an adjustment of you not being first and your partner not being first in your life, right? And so you guys having to adapt that this little person takes over your life. You and controls it and nobody and and I think that it's hard to explain it because it's just something you have to feel like you lose sleep um you lose your drive for sex like you kind of aren't yourself anymore um and I think that anybody that's gone through a cancer diagnosis and has had to go through treatment I feel like you're probably more way more mentally prepared than I was because I've never had that type of trauma on my body or have to have such change overnight. So I think that you're going to be mentally strong through that process. I would really be cautious of your partner to make sure that that her strength is with your like as is matched with yours because you're going to be fine because you've been through so much shit already. Oh, that's an interesting concept, and I I believe that I I agree with what you say that mm-hmm. it's it's a lot easier to see my it tripped me out. I mean, it tripped me out to to look at this belly growing and just like it tripped me out when I only had one breast. And then when I was going through the expansion process to look in the mirror, I I always say it blew my mind. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, in this case, obviously my partner is not going to have to deal with that, but she's going to deal with the different changes. By the way, I was never number one for her (laughs) because she has this little dog, Quinn, little (laughs) old man. He is number one. Like she comes home and greets him, and I'm like, "Hey, hey, I'm right here. You're second. So, (laughs) so okay okay with that. So the uh, unfortunately, uh, Rogan's dad is not involved. How did you guys get back together and like kind of talk through that that part? Once you found out you're pregnant, like how big was the fight? Was it like obviously it was you guys were able to to um, get to a, a common ground so that she would agree to raise Rogan with you. So yeah. talk through that, um, coming back together with her, finding out you're pregnant. Like, were you guys already back together? And then you were like, oh, by the way, I'm pregnant. Or like, <laughs> did you disclose like, hey, I had sex with a man, FYI. Because um, <laughs> I know that there's some sensitivity around that in the yeah. lesbian community of, yeah, um, what is it called? Oh my gosh, I love this topic so much. Um, five star... Gold, gold, gold star, star lesbians. Star. There's not very many of those. I think most of them are extinct. <laughs> so let's so let's let's educate our our audience on what a gold star lesbian is. A gold star lesbian is a woman who has not been with any men ever. The vagina has not been yeah. touched by a penis. The only penis has been a silicone one. Yes. Okay. Um, <laughs> I got unless, a bucket full unless of those. It, so what would a gold star lesbian be if she birthed a man, a boy? So that would still be considered because she would have a penis that grew inside of her. Oh, well, that's, that's an interesting. That's an interesting point there (laughs) i'm just saying if we're gonna get technical here okay so i i only say that because my husband told me that when i was pregnant he was just like it's amazing to me that you're growing a penis inside of you oh my gosh (laughs) my aunt told me the same thing she's like isn't it crazy to know that like you're making a penis right now 
And I was like, oh, God, like, why did you? I, I didn't even think about that till you said that. My immediate response was like, I'm pretty badass. <laughs> That's pretty amazing. Women make penises. <laughs> That's so funny. But yes, I guess I guess technically she has a penis inside of her. She if- has a penis inside of her. So, OK, so that goes through her birth canal. OK, so <laughs> <laughs> to all you gold stars, I mean, she has so, a good point. Is your partner a gold star? No. Okay. So I wanted to make sure people knew what go- I didn't know what it was. And so if we're utilizing this platform as an education tool to talk about pride and talk about um, the the dynamics of relations in the LGBTQ plus community, I think it's important. I think the that plus we- part is funny. I I, <laughs> I haven't tried to figure that part out. There's yet. a there's there's like four more letters I wasn't willing to memorize. Oh. Um, the- <laughs> I got the I'm five down. I've got that. the five. I got the five down. That's my mom would say, I'm still educating myself. I'm, I'm still educating myself. Ed, every day I get educated on something new, but um, specifically with this community, with the, with you people. No, just kidding. Um, <laughs> and so with that being said, I, I think it's important that, because I didn't know what a gold star lesbian was and I didn't know how much of a rift it causes in relationships where women are the those gold stars and they're with women that aren't and that fear I think it's a fear-based anxiety from the gold stars and I'm not a gold star so gold stars please comment below talk to me tell me I'm I don't even know if they can comment below but um (laughs) tell me if I'm wrong here but is the fear that your girl might go and have that and get like your situation is that what the fear is that so with my partner now she that was all that was a fear that she had like before because I I've, I'm always honest with my partners it's that you know I'm okay with sex with the guy You're like blah, I'll, blah, blah. I'll take it I'll take a penis if it goes yeah <laughs> no problems I'm, all right <laughs> I love it but that's something that I that's not my go-to and that doesn't Mm. mean that I'm gonna she you know she'd be like what if you leave me for a man or and that that's not even in my mind because when I'm with someone I'm with them Mm -hmm. and so uh you know that's I can I can understand that fear but at the same time the the reason it was her fault the reason I went with her with (laughs) With him started dating is because I couldn't even see myself with another woman because mm-hmm. I was still I was still in love with her even in the four months that we split up. So I found out I found out in September I was pregnant. Okay. Um no in October. So we split up in August. I got pregnant right away. Um I found out in October that I was pregnant and in November is when I met up with her and and we actually had breakfast and and I told her, "Hey, I'm um I have some crazy news to tell you." And I told her I was pregnant and she just laughed. <laughs> she was actually the only one who believed me. Everyone else was like, "Shut up. How'd that happen?" No, you're not, tell- you know. Even my mom, my I told my mom and instead of you know, the normal stuff, she was like, "Wait, How'd this happen? Yeah. How many times did you have sex with a man? <laughs> How many men did you have sex with? <laughs> I thought you were gay. Anyway, um, that's off the subject. But so from November to about January, we we had, you know, sporadic hangouts and stuff like that. I thought I was ready. And I but I still had feelings for her. And she was off. She was doing her own thing, too. Um, but in about, it was like January that she said, Hey, you know what? I, I would like to, I expressed to her that I wish that we could be a family together. Mm. And, but that was just kind of like a wish of mine. And little did I know in the back of her head, she was thinking about it too. And she finally approached me. Mm. She she finally approached me and and said, "Hey, you know, let's do let's this. Let's be a family. Yeah, I'm wow. I'm ready to be a family." 
Wow. Yeah. So we got Rogan and Quinn and and just the whole. So it'll be. <laughs> I'm not sure if it's going to be Rogan or Quinn first, to be honest. <laughs> the one thing I did do with my dog. So little advisement. If you're about to have a baby with a dog, we did um, the blanket. That, that sounded cash, really funny. A baby with a dog. A baby with a dog. Um, because especially like my dog was. uh I was loud. Um, my dog was the baby for six years. Like he was, yeah. he coast, he still co-sleeps with me. I mean, he's, he's my first born. Right. So, um, I had, um, somebody take down the blanket that cash was born in and take it home right away. So then bandit could sleep oh. with it and get the scent of the baby right away. What? Oh, dad, dad took down the blanket. <laughs> Sorry. I had somebody, I was, I was, not coherent at that time. Um, and then also before I gave birth, I did walks with the stroller and like with a fake baby. And like I had a fake <laughs> baby like walking around the house so that he would get used to me holding something or holding a person. And um, and so practice that right now. And I did it like a few weeks leading up to uh, giving birth was getting the dog used to another, my attention being focused on another. And then and then that that practice was actually like this is really hard carrying this this pack of sugar around everywhere <laughs> or whatever it was that I had but I did do um some practice runs with my dog and then I never Aww. let Cash co-sleep with us because that was always Bandit's spot so um I always kind of kept the bed for Bandit and cuz there would be days literally where I was like did the dog eat today Cause you just, you're so Aww. consumed by this little human being and breastfeeding. And, um, for me at least that I, I couldn't even think about my dog until the end of the night. And I'd be like, okay, you can get in the bed. <laughs> you're all my husband too. You can get, yeah, in the you bed. can come in too. Yeah, <laughs> Did you eat by the way? Did you eat? Did anybody eat? No. Yeah. You're kind of, you're out of it for the first four months. Yeah. I really like that idea about bringing the blanket in mm -hmm. and yep. letting him, let him sleep, let him spell uh, it. Because he can't go to the hospital. And the fake baby thing. Because every time I sit down on the rocking chair, I, I, when we've been setting up the the room, I keep taking breaks and sitting down on the rocking mm -hmm. chair. And he comes right up to me and he wants to sit on my lap. And I'm like, shoot, mm -hmm. what's that going to be look like when I am have the baby, baby. in my arms? Mm -hmm. Like, He's going to want to be on my lap. I don't know how that's going to work. Yeah. Bandit was all over the place. Like anywhere the baby was, that's where Bandit was. And Cash just had to get used to him right away. Like he was like in his face, licking him, like trying to lick my breasts. Like it was, it was ridiculous. Oh. It was like beyond ridiculous. That's so funny. <laughs> what is he doing up there? Let me see this. <laughs> is that milk? I want to see what all this fuss is about. <laughs> Why is he always sitting up there? What's going on? What kind of treats are these? <laughs> well, is there any other pride stuff you want to share? <laughs> I know we've talked we about the whole like gamut. Breast cancer to dogs to to gold star lesbians. Yes. <laughs> Do you know about the toaster oven? No, please share. This okay, Ellen DeGeneres <laughs> back in the day, she she's the one that came up with this. Uh if you can turn to to all those lesbians out there who who have a thing for straight women, if you can turn them into a lesbian, uh then you the joke was that you get a free toaster oven. <laughs> so props to those who get a free toaster oven. <laughs> I've gotten one in my lifetime. <laughs> we uh we don't have any toaster ovens, but we have our mouths for poops. <laughs> but uh, but seriously, what I would like to say is, I'd like to reach out to the people, men and women, if there's any men listening to this, but women who are knowing themselves that they they love <clears throat> who know in themselves that they love other women mm. and they're afraid to come out about it. You're going to feel so much better if you live an authentic life. Mm. Even if you lose a couple people, like I said before, 
peace, you know, you're going to end up meeting a lot of other people in the community who once, once you, once you allow yourself to, to be in the community or, or just be yourself, you're going to respect and love yourself so much more. Um, so that, I think that's, that's what I'd like to close off with is, is that, that message that, you know, I closed off with this last time is love is love. Love is love. Love is love. So. Well, I also think that if you're a woman that even just sees one woman that you love, maybe it's not that you're attracted to all women. If there's a woman that you love, like I just read um, Love Warrior. Love Warrior is a great story of a, of a, of a man, of a woman that was married um, oh my gosh, she's a famous writer. I can't think of it right now, but she's married to, had three kids married and then meets a woman that she just is attracted to and is oh. in, in love with. And she's like, I would have to change everything about my life to embrace this love that I feel inside that I've never felt for another woman. So even if it's just one woman that you feel that for, or if you're a man and there's this man that you feel that for, be you. Love yeah. is love. Do you, boo? Do you. You do you. You yeah. do you. That's what we're talking about this year at Barbell Street. You do you. Well, Melissa, this has been fantastic <laughs> and such a change of um, conversation for us at Barbell Street Boobs and the P Behind the Bra podcast. Um, thank you. You're welcome. Thank you for having me. And thank you for accepting. Your organization accepts everyone as they are. And I love that. I've I've always loved that about you guys. So. Thank you. That means a lot. Yeah, Absolutely. we want to be, we want everybody to show up as themselves and be strong and powerful for whoever it is that you are. And it might change today. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You never know. Never know. You well, never know what the what the, the world, world is. For yeah. You. And by the way, for the people who I haven't I haven't done a gender reveal yet. So Rogan Jet, it's a boy. Ooh. Here's my gender reveal. We should have like had blue balloons pop up <laughs> behind the couch. Those listening wouldn't have seen it though. So. No, yeah, that's true. Only they're watching. True. But yes, it's this was, my official this was the gender reveal. reveal, pretty much. So awesome. Well, congratulations. Thank you. Uh, Rogan is a very lucky young soul. So um, it's all meant to be. I can't wait to have him have him here. And yeah. <laughs> get in. Yeah. Get a barbell in his hands. 100%. Maybe, maybe he'll do a better job than his mama. <laughs> no, you're fantastic. I know some people, so we'll make sure he gets in here. All right. Sounds good. <laughs> All right, you all. Thank you for tuning in and listening to a fun, uncomfortable, exciting, adventurous conversation. Pink on Pride. This is Barbells for Boobs. Um, really having uncomfortable conversations with comfortable people. Um, and enjoying our lives and who we are. So don't forget, you do you. That's lights out for the Behind the Ball podcast. Behind the Ball podcast. And if you like this hat, go to the store. They got great <laughs> merchandise like there. Pitching us. It's, Love it's it. the, the Valentine's hat. It's awesome. People are always like, does that say boobs on your hat? Yes, it says boobs. Yes, it says boobs. I love boobs. Look, we're going to have Melissa start doing commercials for us on our podcast. <laughs> Ha, 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 ha.